Well, hey, welcome back tonight. Uh, it's exciting times. Um, I'm glad you came back, and I'm sure you had some good food and uh, rest over the afternoon, and uh, you know I did, so that's good. In case you uh, weren't here for this morning, uh, my name is Ty. I work with the youth here. Pastor Jim is away. He's in Texas today, and I think through Wednesday, is that right? Yeah, through Wednesday, doing his Bible or his Baptist history curriculum uh, at Pastor Nathan's church uh, down near Austin or Dallas or Houston, one of those big towns down there, so that's cool. Uh, I think it's Austin. I'm not sure. He said he's halfway between Austin and somewhere else I never heard of. Austin? Do you know where he is? No? Okay, I don't either. Even Austin doesn't know, so I don't feel so bad. Um, if you're visiting, uh, well, anyway, pray for him. Uh, yeah, but if you're visiting tonight, uh, I encourage you to come back next week when he's here. Uh, he loves the Word of God, and he, he communicates it so much gooder than I do. So I really hope that you get a chance to hear from him. Uh, like I said this morning, I'm kind of the third string backup substitute for the uh, B team, so that's all right. Uh, this morning, uh, we talked about David and how he was able to answer the call of God, and I started off uh, the sermon this morning with a little story about my history. Um, I got to tell you a little bit about myself, how the, I dated a girl in the late 90s, and in 2000, things fell through between us. Uh, then, like, within a couple weeks, I lost my job, and then my dog died, and the 2000s were just a bad time. Uh, then Pastor Jim asked me to teach the college and career class. I was actually taking over for uh, someone who had left, uh, but I said no, so I didn't actually take over for someone who left. <laughs> uh, I was having a bad year, and I wasn't sure what God wanted to do in my life, so uh, I kind of ended that story this morning on a downer note, and so now I wanted to finish the story up. Uh, this morning we looked at how David did things right, and I want to show you how I did things wrong. But tonight we're going to look at how Saul did things wrong, and I accidentally did things right. So that's pretty cool. So uh, the rest of the story goes like this. In October of the same year, the year 2000, I went on the men's retreat up to uh, Missiondo in Michigan. Uh, it was a fun time. You know, we got to play sports and hear some really good preaching. But pastor pulled me aside after one of the servant, uh, one of the services and asked how I was doing. And, you know, things were not going well. And I had no idea what God wanted to do with my life. Then he told me something that I will never forget, probably, and I haven't in the 20 years since. He said, you can find God's will for your life by staying faithful to him in little things. And I really took that to heart. And so I started to be faithful in little things. I came to church every time that I could. Pastor <clears throat> needed help with uh, the bus route for uh, helping the kids. So me and Denver, I, I recruited Denver with me. And he, he and I went out and did bus route for years. Uh, by the end of the year in 2000, I think, uh, a spot for the youth group opened up uh, for a youth leader. And so Denver and I stepped into that position. Uh, we worked together every week on, in the youth group. And then, this is cool, I got a new job, and I, I didn't even go apply anywhere. <laughs> they called me and said, hey, you need a job? I was like, well, actually, yes, I do. <laughs> so I got a job, and then my dog came back from the dead. And uh, no, that, that, that was pretend. That didn't really happen. Zombies are fake. 
Then on Sunday night in January 14th, 2001, I was super tired that day, and I was like, oh man, I'm just going to sleep in, maybe skip church tonight, I don't know. Like some of the people over here, they're like, oh, I'm kind of tired. I just might get some extra rest. I'm going to show up a little bit late. It'll be all right. But I was like, no, I need to be there. So I rushed right over, and I just lived two blocks away, so it took me like a minute. I was later than I normally was, but I was still like maybe a minute or two early. And I was getting a drinky fountain right outside the, you know, the old auditorium and, you know, slurping it down. And here comes down the hallway a beautiful sight in a cute green sweater. And she comes walking by and she looked at me and smiled. And I dribbled water down my chin. <laughs> it was awful. That was the first night that I met Diana. Um, and the rest of that story is kind of history. I put on the moves, and uh, she couldn't help herself. <laughs> but think about it. What are the odds that she and I would ever meet? She is from Pennsylvania. She, goes to, she went to school, uh, college in OU, uh, and then had an internship at the Sydney Daily News. And then someone from her home church recommended, while she's staying here for nine weeks or so, that she tries Grace Baptist Church. And she comes on a Sunday night that I almost slept in. Oh, whoa. That was close. I think to myself, if I hadn't answered the call to help with the bus route and the youth group, and if I hadn't committed myself to being faithful in small things like going to church whenever it's open, and if I had skipped out that night, I would have missed out on the best parts of my life. But God is good. So that's the rest of the story from this morning. And I want to tell it as an encouragement to be faithful in small things and to be ready to answer God's call. And you will never imagine the blessings that God has waiting for you. And tonight I want to dive into another character from our passage this morning and see how choosing unwisely can affect our lives. Let's take a look at King Saul and how he put himself in a really bad position by being disobedient to the call of God. If you'll turn to 1 Samuel chapter 15. Now, I can never find the little tiny books like Psalms or anything. So I put these little uh, tabs on here. And I got rebuked after the service that I didn't give you guys enough time to turn to the passage. I'm going to wait. All right, Psalm 15. Now, we're going to read this whole passage. So stretch your eyeballs. What? First Samuel chapter 15, did I not say that? Oh dear. If I said first Psalms chapter 15, I gotta check my notes, check my eyes. Yeah, first Samuel 15. Sorry about that. All right, so Samuel also said unto Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel, now, therefore, hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus said the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way, and when he came up from Egypt, now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all they have, and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep and camel and ass. And Saul gathered the people together and numbered them in Telam. 200,000 footmen and 10,000 men of Judah. 
And Saul came to the city of Amalek and laid wait in the valley. And Saul said unto the Kenites, Go, depart, get you down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until thou comest to Shur, that is, over against Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and of the fatlings and the lambs and all that was good and would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refuse... That they destroyed utterly. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, I repent, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he is turned back from following me and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set him up a place and is gone about, and passed on, and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears, and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the the Lord thy God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord hath said unto me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed thee king over Israel? And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag, the king of, the Amalek, of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. And Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now therefore I pray thee, pardon my sin, and turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. And as Samuel turned about to go away, he laid hold upon the skirt of his mantle and rent it, and it rent. And Samuel said unto him, The Lord hath rent the kingdom of Israel from, this, from thee this day, and hath given it 
to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou. And also, as the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now, I pray thee, before the elders of my people and before Israel, and turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord thy God. So Samuel turned again after Saul, and Saul worshiped the Lord. Then said Samuel, Bring ye hither to me Agag, the king of the Amalekites. And Agag came unto him delicately. And Agag Agag said, Surely the bitterness of death is past. And Samuel said, As thy sword hath made women childless, so shall thy mother be childless among women. And Samuel hewed Agag in pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to his house to Gibeah of Saul. And Samuel came no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul, and the Lord repented that he had made King Saul, uh, Saul king of Israel. Wow, that's crazy. Saul got it in his mind to do something that God had not intended him to do. And we're going to look at these things today. It says here, we see that King Saul was not obeying God's call in his life, even though it was very apparent what he was being asked to do. And there are consequences uh, for disobeying God. Let's go back to verse uh, chapter 12 in 1 Samuel. Chapter 12, verse 14. Chapter 12, verse 14 through 15 says this, If you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall both ye and also the king that reigneth over you continue following the Lord of your God, the Lord your God. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall the hand of the Lord be against you as it was your father's. So Saul is raising the hand of God against him and like it was against his father's. And uh, after that, there's not much he can do about it. Uh, there's three things tonight that I want to talk about uh, that we can learn from Saul's life and hopefully uh, not replicate those things in our own lives. The first one I want to talk about is that Saul heard God. Okay, Saul did hear God. If we, uh, at the time of this account, God spoke to mankind through prophets. Samuel was one of the prophets. Turn to First Samuel three, verse one. A couple of pages back, verse three, uh, chapter three, verse one. Sorry, Samuel chapter three, verse one. It says, "And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days." There was no open vision. So we're in a time period where there's not a lot of prophets prophesying. And every time a prophet comes and and speaks the word of the Lord, it's very rare. It's very precious. There's no open vision. Okay? Um, If you go to 1 Samuel 1, we're going to continue. Just kind of look at Saul's life from the beginning. And it starts with his mom, Hannah. 1 verse 11, and she, Hannah, vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look upon the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget 
thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child. Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Skip over to verse 20. Verse 20 says, Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. Skip over to 25. And they slew a bullock, a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, Oh, my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here, praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore I have, therefore also I have lent him to the Lord as long as he liveth. He shall be lent to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. So Hannah kind of made a deal with God. If I can have a man-child, I will turn him over to your service. And then she did, and then she did. Okay, She did turn him over uh, to the service of the Lord. And um, Samuel grew up with Eli, uh, learning about the Lord. Turn to ver- uh, chapter 3, verse 19. Chapter 3, verse 19, it says, (laughs) And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did not let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. So it claims here that Samuel was a prophet. And he was Saul's prophet. And lots of things that Saul knew about God came through Samuel to Saul. Um, It would be real nice if I had a prophet right now where when God wants me to do something, he'd be like, oh, the Lord saith, blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I can do that, you know, all right. Uh, It's a little bit harder for us because we have to study his word and we have to find out what God says through that. Um, Let's see. When Samuel spoke something from the Lord, it was the Lord's word spoken. So when Saul heard directions from the Lord, he should have known exactly what he was supposed to do. And let's look at those directions. We read it already, but go back to 1 Samuel 15, verse 1 through 3. It says, Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee over, to be king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek sorry, lost my place, did to the Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not, but slay both men, women, so on and so forth. I want you to see, destroy them utterly. He had one job. <laughs> Saul had one thing to do, and it was the one thing on his to-do list, and he kind of blew it. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I never have one thing to do on my to-do list, (laughs) right? So here I am at work. Uh, Diana will be like, Kara, can you pick up some milk? Text me, and I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, I can pick up some milk. And then she's like... Oh, yeah, put some crackers and uh, some beef jerky on that. So I'm like, okay. And then and run over to the hair place and get me the salon stuff. And then go to the car lot and get a key fob. And, and then after work, I'm, like, going all over, like, Dora Explorer, right, trying to find the map. 
And I get home and I got all these bags and I bring them in. It's the first thing she says, where's the milk? That's the only thing I really needed tonight. <laughs> so I don't know if that happens to any of you, but I don't never have one thing on my list like Saul did. So I'm kind of jealous of Saul in a way. Uh, but the only thing on Saul's list was to utterly destroy the Amalekites and all that they have. So Saul had a prophet to tell him what to do, uh, tell him what God wanted him to know. Did you know there are at least three ways that we can still hear from God today? Uh, I'm going to cover those ways. And the first one here is we can hear God through his creation. Uh, turn to Romans 1, verse 8. 18. 1, verse 18. <laughs> Read Romans 1.18. Yeah, that's right. We can hear God through his creation. It says here in 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So there's things that we can learn from God through his creation. And this verse specifically says that we can learn about his eternal power and we can learn about his Godhead just by looking at the things around us. By show of hands, have any of you ever seen the Aurora Borealis or the Northern Lights, like for real, in person? Okay, I hadn't either until I was uh, on a missions trip in Michigan trying to get the heathen Wolverine saved and stuff like that. But uh, uh, the la- it was about two months long, and the last night that we were there, uh, we were all in a dorm room, and one of the guys comes barging in my room, and he's like, you guys got to come out and see this. And I'm like, I was totally asleep. And he had to come back two more times before I finally woke up enough to go outside. And apparently there was a solar storm that day, and it had pushed the Aurora Borealis, Borealis like up to here where I was staying in Traverse City, if this is Michigan. Uh, it was like way up top at the north. Um, I walked outside like this, and I went, it was amazing. I have never seen anything like it. It's kind of like if you take uh, crayons and you paint, or you color a... Um, you know, a sunset, and that's the only sunset you've ever seen. And then you go out and you look at a real sunset, it's like, well, this is garbage, you know. That's the way the pictures of the Aurora Borealis are. And just to kind of describe it, like over here was like flashing, like explosions of green and blue. And, and then over here was like uh, pillars that were like sparkling. And then right through the middle was this giant river ribbon that was like stretching up into the sky. And the thing they don't tell you about it, at least I've never heard this, is it's in 3D, okay? You see a picture, you're like, oh, wow, that's nice. It's in the sky, it's colors. But when you see it for real, it moves and it has thickness and depth and it kind of does this. It was really awesome. And me and all the guys who were there, we stood outside for probably an hour and a half until it started to fade, just doing this. And the next day we left, we were all driving home like this, you know. Can you see the exit? He's like, I can't even see the road. It was unbelievable how God had created something like that. And I just stood there thinking, wow, God is amazing. This is incredible. I've never seen anything. And I hope you guys get a chance going on an Alaskan cruise, uh, go up to see Santa Claus. I don't know, but you got to go see it sometime. It's really, really neat. David himself says in Psalms, let's go to Psalms 19. 
Psalms 19, verse 1. This is the verse that I should have been thinking while I was standing there. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth his handiwork. Wow, that's a fact. Because if you really think about how God created uh, this world for us, it's amazing. And we can see God's glory. We can see God's eternal power. And those things can all speak to us. Um, The Psalms are full of verses describing God's creation. So I want to encourage you from the message this morning, how we talked about we need to study more and so on and so forth. Look for those verses in Psalms. Like use a, use a Google app or whatever they have, a Google machine that helps you look for stuff like that. And it'd be a real good thing. Number two, the second way we can hear from God is through our conscience. Now this might be like, what? Jiminy Cricket's going to help me learn about God. You know, he's going to let your conscience be your guide. Let's go to Romans 2 verse 14. I found a really cool passage uh, later on in this section that I never realized was there before. But Romans 2.14 says, oh yeah, hold on. <laughs> Where's Jeffrey? He's the one that, he's the one that ratted me out. So you, are you there, Jeffrey? Well, if you're there, everyone's there. Okay, so Romans 2.14 says, For when the Gentiles which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves which shew the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the mean while accusing or else excusing one another. People have the the law written in their conscience. You know when you're about to do something wrong. Uh, Even a dog can be like, have you ever seen the shaming uh, pictures, like where the dogs tear up pillows or what have you? Uh, I was out uh, at a, <laughs> this is about Denver, so that's why he's laughing. He knows where I'm going. I was out on a, uh, uh, some, a date or something, and I uh, had uh, returned uh, to drop the date off. And we go inside, and uh, her father's dog, this is the dumbest dog ever, and it had eaten either two or three cushions off the couch and just shredded it and threw it all over the room. And I'm like, uh, get your stuff. We're going to go somewhere else. <laughs> and so we left. And then Denver, he was uh, also there. He came by later, and he ended up cleaning it all up. I'm like, oh, Denver, that was really dumb. <laughs> it was her dad's dog, man. Let, let her dad clean it up. That's crazy. I lost my place. You know you're doing something. You know when you're doing something wrong. That's what I was talking about. Even dogs know what they do. Oh, this dog had no shame though. It had no shame. I was like, huh? oh, I made you a big couch. It's all over the floor. This is what I was talking about earlier though. Even the Pharisees, while trying to trap Jesus, knew what was right by their conscience. Go to John chapter eight. John chapter eight, verse three. John chapter 8, verse 3 says this, And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? 
So there's the trap. This they said, tempting him, that they might have to... They might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down with his finger and wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. Wow. So even they understood what was right and what was wrong, and that they were doing something wrong. So let's not, uh, especially uh, for my next verse, let's not do things that sear our conscience and make it not as easy to recognize when we're doing something wrong. If you turn to First Timothy chapter 4. The Bible says that we can sear our conscience if, uh, if we continue in sin and then we're not as readily, we can't as readily hear what's right. Chapter 4, verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 says this, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. If you've ever been burned, you, you know it's bad, and it leaves like a nasty scar. Uh, one time I was at Denver's house, and his son had a brand new hot, one of those wood-burning kits where you got the pin and you plug it in, and uh, he's in the room playing it with Simon, and Simon dropped it, and Lincoln reached down and caught it like an athlete to make sure it didn't burn the carpet, and it went right into his hand. And I'm in the other room with Denver, and Lincoln comes running in. My hand is white. My hand is white. I was like, my hand's white too, I guess, you know. I don't know. It's, uh... <laughs> but what had happened is it burned like a white patch in his skin, and he was freaking out. That would have hurt. I mean, I would have probably cried too. Uh, if you sear your conscience by uh, continually sinning, it's going to be less easy for you to hear Uh, from God in that way. The third way uh, that we hear from God is through his word. Now, this is real obvious. That's why I saved it for last. Uh, Pastor's going through an amazing series on Psalm 119 right now. If you want to hear more about what God thinks about his word, it's been really good for me. And I love that he gave those definitions, and I'm excited to hear the the last five when he gets back because it really helps me to understand what is God communicating in each specific verse. Uh, but in the meantime, let's go to Psalms 119, 105. I'm going to kind of jump ahead of Pastor Jim tonight and look at what it says. And this is a real common everyday verse. Um, you guys will know it when you see it. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If we're going to want to know uh, what God would have us to do or where he would have us to go, there's no better way than studying his word than loving his word and memorizing his word. And God loves it when we study his word. Uh, turn back to 2 Timothy now, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, 2 Timothy 2, 15. This is basically a commandment from God. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. When you study, God approves you. He loves that. He loves it when we study and we learn Him, His word better. 
Um, it says here, be in his word more, study his word more, memorize his word more. Last week, I don't know if you guys remember this or not, I can't remember if it was in the morning service or the evening service, but Pastor Jim was uh, trying to think of a verse on the fly, and that's really super hard to do, and he couldn't think of the very last word uh, from the pulpit, so he was like asking, does anybody know the end of that verse? Uh, maybe you remember that, maybe you don't, but I was like, oh yeah, I, I know the end of this verse. It's, um, uh, it was right on the tip of my tongue, and I couldn't draw it up, and without skipping a beat, Eric Edwards, who was sitting behind me, and he usually sits kind of back there, he just blurted out the end of the verse. And I was like, oh. I thought, that was awesome, man. Nice job, Eric. So I don't know, uh, you know, who you guys have on this side of the auditorium finishing Pastor Jim's verses, but we got Eric Edwards holding us down over here, you know what I'm saying? So you guys got to step up your game a little bit. But I need to be able, I need to study the Bible in a way that, like, obviously he, maybe that's the only verse you know. I don't know. Maybe it's like, maybe it was his memory verse for the week. I'm not sure, but it was encouraging to me. That's all I'm trying to say. I need to study the Bible more so I can finish Pastor Jim's verses for him. (laughs) So we know that Saul heard God, and so can you. The second thing I want to look at tonight uh, and notice about Saul in the story is that Saul ignored God. Oops. So uh, let's look back at our passage tonight, First uh, Samuel 15. First Samuel 15, verse 7. We're going to read through 9. It says, And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until thou comest unto Shur that is over against Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive. And utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag, the best of the sheep, the best of the oxen, the best of the fatlings, and the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refuse, they destroyed utterly. So they just basically just went, oh, that one's ugly. Uh, Well, that one's nice. Take that with us. So they were not obeying uh, the word of the Lord through uh, Samuel. This morning, David did not ignore God's call, and he gained a kingdom. Uh, Tonight, we see Saul did ignore God, and he lost his kingdom. In verses 13 through 19, Samuel confronts him and tells him he did wrong. Look at that with me, Uh, 13 especially. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. There's kind of a little white lie there. And Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears and the lowing of oxen which I hear? I love how he didn't say, You're a liar. How he didn't say, You're a liar. He's like, Well, what's that noise I hear? Uh, Maybe you're not really telling the truth. And then he gives him a chance to tell the truth. Uh, Skip down to verse 18. And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? Oh boy. So Samuel's calling it out right here. He's saying, you did evil in the sight of the Lord. It's so sad that he heard the word and decided to do things his own way. And it cost him everything. But for us, let's not ignore God or God's word. If you come to this church, you're going to hear God's word every day because we talk about it all the time. We use it in every lesson, in every classroom, um, because we're all about teaching and learning God's word here. So my challenge to you 
is not necessarily hear God's word, maybe do it outside of this building more, but go to James 1, verse 22. James is one of those books that's not where it should be, you know? It should be on this side of Hebrews, and it's on the other side, and I always get confused. I even have these little tabs to help me find it, and I still have trouble. James 1.22 says this. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any, any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man, beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty... And continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So I think our challenge uh, outside of this building is being a doer of the things that we hear inside of here and the things that we read outside. So I want to encourage you to be a doer of the word. If you see something that God's challenging you on, uh, pray to him uh, for him to help you to change that in your life. And make you more like him. And the third thing, uh, first was uh, God heard, uh, Saul heard God. The second one is uh, Saul ignored God. And thirdly, Saul made excuses for his disobedience. Lastly, Saul ended up making excuses for his disobedience. First, he said he did do what the Lord had asked. So let's go back to our passage in 1 Samuel 15. 1 Samuel 15, verse 20. And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. You know, he was all excited. Uh, Yeah, I did do what he asked me to do, except right here in the same verse, I didn't do what he asked me to do. I brought Agag and all the other animals. He says, I did do what the Lord wanted, Then he blames the people for the rest of his mistake. Look at verse 21. But the people took of the spoil, the sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And I just kind of imagine in my mind him saying, and I couldn't do anything about it, you know? (laughs) He's like, uh, he's not really telling the truth. He's making excuses uh, and blaming other people. Then we come to really uh, two really interesting verses, verse 23, uh, 22 and 23. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he also rejected thee from being king. God would rather you obey than for you to offer a sacrifice. Now, we're not under the sacrificial law right now. We're under the law of grace, which is awesome. Uh, So we don't sacrifice you know, bulls and goats and rams and such and doves and wheat and barley like they used to. But uh, 
it would have been better if I had lived a sinless life than for Christ to have to die to pay for my sins. And maybe you feel that way too, but this verse really points it out. It it would have been better if we had obeyed. Now, we're sinners, so that's impossible for us. Uh, We're just in a corrupted flesh. And so thank God that Christ did come and sacrifice himself to save us. In verse 23, we see the fall of King Saul. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Then comes the, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. My kids do that sometimes, you know. Or if uh, they're going to get punished, they're real sorry. Uh, And if they're not going to get punished, they're not that sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry that I'm going to get spanked, but I can't even remember what I did wrong. That's kind of what I think they're thinking in their minds, you know. Maybe he was sorry, you know, maybe he wasn't sorry, but it was too late for him. David would be taking over as king, and that's the passage we read this morning when Samuel goes to Jesse's house in chapter 16 and anoints David the new king of Israel. Samuel ended up having to clean up Saul's mess, and this is incredible. Verse 32, 1 Samuel 15, verse 32. Then said Samuel, bring ye hither to me Agag the king of the Amalekites, And Agag came to him delicately, and Agag said, Surely the bitterness of death is past. And Samuel said, As thy sword hath made women childless, so shall thy mother be childless among women. And Samuel hewed Agag in pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. Wow. (laughs) He had to make it right. So he's like, chopped him to shreds. I can just imagine him leaving that scene, and he's like, I'm out of here. See you later. I'm never talking to Saul again, and he doesn't see him again until Saul dies. I don't think Samuel was very happy about (laughs) the way Saul disobeyed God. And if Samuel was that upset about it, just imagine how upset God was about it. That was pretty savage. Number, oh, sorry. Uh, If you find yourself in a spot where you haven't heeded God's word, and where you were disobedient to him, like we all do, know that he still loves you. And remember John, uh, 1 John 1, 9. Let's turn there, and this is kind of where I'm closing up for tonight. 1 John 1, 9. I bet Saul wished he knew this verse, and it applied to him like it applies to us. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's really cool to me. So in closing, I have uh, three more things from this morning. So you got six things to worry about, six things to worry about this week, all right? So uh, first of all, do you hear from God? Uh, do you hear through his word? Do you hear through the admiration of his creation? Do you hear from him through uh, knowing what's right or wrong in your heart? I hope so. Uh, Number two, are you like Saul? Are you ignoring God's call in your life? Uh, I hope not. So I hope everyone in here uh, after this morning and then tonight, we can see the benefit of listening to God's call and then the detriment. Uh, It completely and utterly destroyed Saul. Uh, And then thirdly, when you mess up, Uh, Do you confess your sins to God so you can be cleansed of all unrighteousness? Yeah. 
Go ahead and stand, and we'll pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for this night. I thank you for giving us uh, really clear pictures about uh, what you want for our lives and how when we obey you, things go well in our lives.